friends. We are live with another episode of Comic Talk. Today is January 27th. We're here to talk about the comics that were released this week. On Tuesdays, new DC Comics. On Wednesdays, Marvel and Indie. And we're here on a Thursday, and we're here to talk about everything that came out this week. I'm your host, Demetra Pereira. Today, I have two awesome guests for you. First guest is Manny Batista. You may know him as Manny's Picks. Manny, how you doing out there? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about this week's comics. There's a lot of good stuff this week. Oh, uh, a lot. Also, uh, a lot of good indie stuff that you read? Because you're a big indie guy? Yes. Specifically one that we'll talk about later. But Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I... I love the fact that like all my guests on the show uh, uh, read more indies than me because that means I get good recommendations and uh, for, you know, for better or for worse, I get to figure it out because it's easy for people out there to uh, focus on Marvel and DC, which is, you know, I'm not pointing fingers. It's me. It is me. (laughs) Like I focus more on Marvel and DC than I do indies and uh, uh, you know, there's a reason in my head for it, but also like, there's a lot of good indies that I'm missing out on. And, uh, uh, the fact that all my guests really like those indie comics, I get to hear what's worthwhile, you know, and what's up like my alley, you know? And I mean, your guests have enough of a like broad range of genres that we cover. So you get a lot of different types of indie comics, uh, talked about on here, which is dope. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, normally what happens is when I'm feeling like it on a Saturday or Sunday, let's just say I'm home. I sit back and I'm like, what's an indie comic that I could binge right now. And I'm so sorry, Manny. I have yet to get to the number one, one that you've been talking about for maybe a year now, uh, or at least almost a year, I would say. Uh, and that's black hammer. And I'm sorry. I haven't, gotten to black hammer yet i am hurt and deeply personally offended but you'll get there (laughs) i'll I'll, I'll get there uh what i also read because because we'll we'll talk about like a couple of these ones because they did pop up this week but like the whole stray dogs mini series plus the two dog days dog days number two just came out and like oh man why am i feeling those feelings have you read it you've read stray dogs right I've read the first Stray Dogs. I did not read the the two that came out recently. The Dog Days? Yeah, yeah. they're standalones, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and w- d- you haven't read it at all? No, I just okay. read the, the first uh, like uh, graphic novel. Yeah, so I don't know if Joel read it, but when Joel Prentice, he's the other guest on this episode, when Joel shows up, uh, we'll maybe be able to talk about it. Um, but uh, I don't want to get too far into it. Manny... Uh, before we get started, first question for you is, do you have any comic book related New Year's resolutions? Because we're still here in January. I think this question still counts. Uh, I want to read more manga. I read a fair bit, but I feel like the, the ratio for me is so much more heavily American comics than manga. I want to I want to make that a little bit more balanced. I want to read a lot more. Uh, a lot more different types of manga. I feel like I've been slacking on that and I've been uh, missing manga. So that's been my one big thing this year, wanting to read more manga. That's a that's a good goal. Do you feel like you can juggle it all though? Uh, 
No, I feel like I can't juggle regular comics. Like I'm like I'm always like perpetually behind as anybody who reads a ton of comics is, but I try not to think about it as being behind. I think about it as like, oh, I've got so much more cool stuff to read. Uh, so I've got so much more manga, so much more cool manga to read. I my I just got my big one in uh, this week, so I've got a lot to jump into. They people always ask me. They ask me on like my TikTok lives and whatever whether I do read manga, and I always have to like be like, uh, sorry. Um, I don't have time for it because I read so many like American comics. Mm. And do you feel like manga is just opening up a whole new literal country full of comics? Uh, how are you ever going to stay up like up on that? Hear me out. I don't ha- I do not intend to stay up to date. Right. Like I'm never going to catch up uh with something like uh one piece despite having read a bit of it and like what i read that's like a thousand chapters uh right but i do intend because unlike american marvel and dc american superhero comics to be super specific everything is uh like in in those things everything is tied together and very often it feels like reading those is more about staying up to date than it is about actually enjoying comics right Mm. which is fair uh but there's a manga is like all standalone for the most part. Uh, and a lot of them are done and finished forever. Uh, so I'm like super cool with my, uh, with me reading more manga being like, Oh, maybe I'll read some stuff that's currently ongoing. Maybe a lot of time is going to be meeting back and reading stuff that I've never read before. That's done, uh, at my own pace because it's, it's already done. Like, uh, for older stuff, recently I just picked up the first volume of Mobile Suit Gundam: The Origins, mm-hmm. which is a retelling of the original Mobile Suit Gundam. But that that book is ten volumes, I think twelve, I think, and finished. So right. I'm gonna take that at my own pace and sort of enjoy it that way. Uh, and a lot of the manga that I've been reading recently has been that, like uh, Akira Toriyama's Manga Theater, which is an anthology book, the original Common Rider manga, which is a fat tome but a finished fat tone, you know, stuff like that. Was Common Rider a comic before it was a show? It was a show that was directed and created by a mangaka based on a old manga called Skullman, which is nothing like Common Rider. They took that base, adapted it into the show Common Rider, and then the original creator of that show and the manga Skullman went back and created the Common Rider manga based on that show. It's 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 a very interesting origin where it started yeah. as one as an adaptation of one thing, but it completely changed one, and then there was a direct adaptation of it into manga form. It's I I find that fascinating. Mm. Uh, whenever that happens on like anything that we read, right? Like mm. it just media in general just has a history not only of like rebooting, but also like uh, uh, folding in on itself in a way, in a good way. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to create that perfect sword, I think you got to fold that steel a lot, right? Like that's the, I don't even know if that's a myth or not or whether it's real, but it's kind of like that. Um, sometimes reboots are just better. Like people don't talk about the old Ocean's Eleven with Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, I, I, if I'm remembering correctly, there the new Ocean's Eleven is a reboot of the old Ocean's Eleven. Uh, hear me out, my favorite. 
uh, this happened. This has happened to the ninja to the Ninja Turtles a thousand times, right? Uh-huh. You started with the original Ninja Turtles comic, which was a like hard satire, but like really intense parody of what was going on in the seventies in comics at the time. It's like black and white, brutal comic book about turtle ninjas, uh, yeah. and then it gets yeah. adapted into the super crit friendly but ultra iconic Ninja Turtles cartoon. Right. And then that right. has been adapted, and and then now we've got new Ninja Turtles comics, which takes inspiration from all the Ninja Turtles past stuff, right? So, like, the current right. IDW book is this, like, beautiful mix of a little bit of the grit of the original 70s, a little bit of the sort of uh, characterization of the 80s cartoon, and then all the cartoons that came after it. Uh, so I think I think it's a pretty apt description of folding, like, folding the sword and taking the best parts of each of these different things and making, like, different but still great stuff out of it. Right, because, and it's funny, this is supposed to be a comic book uh, show where we talk about the releases of the comic books this week, uh, but right now, ah, well, we're going on tangent a little bit. Uh, fast forward, I guess, five minutes if you really want to get to uh, this week's comics, but um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a great example, and I mean, DC movies still do it, like any of these comic book movies still do it, but Marvel specifically where they started with Iron Man is so different than where they ended up now. Like, you can't tell me that their vision stayed the same. It wasn't. It was very ultimate universe in the beginning because, like, we were kind of coming out of that, like, kind of grounded contemporary feel. But then they started, like, making things more spandexy and more superhero-y and then borrowing storylines from the comics, but then switching the, the Act 3 to make it its own. And then now it's like, they're just kind of doing their own thing, but making it fresh for everybody. And um, they're kind of just seeing what works. But then the comics borrow from that, right? The bar, the comics borrow from the movies all the time. And then they're like, okay, should we, uh, uh, what's the most recent thing that has changed? Uh, the biggest one for me is that Sam Wilson, after not being Captain America for years, yeah, uh, is now back as Captain America in the comics, and I'm like 100% sure that that is specifically because of the show Falcon Winter Soldier slash Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, oh, definitely. Uh, because yeah, Sam was Cap while Steve was old, and then when Steve came back, there was the whole Empire thing, whatever. Uh, sure. and then, uh, and then so he was back to being Falcon. And then he's back to being Cap. And now they're like, they've taken the philosophy of there could be multiple uh, multiple uh, Caps. Multiple right? Caps, both of which are good guys, which is great because, you know, there were multiple Caps before, but one of them was a, a Nazi. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, we have Adele out there. What's up, Adele? Adele says Keeg is back. Keeg is back, baby. Uh, as far as the com- as comic talk is concerned, comic talk is back. Uh, the Keeg back starts in February, and we've been having uh, a couple other episodes of different things. We've got the Boba Fett after show, so the Keeg has been here. We've had technical difficulties in the past, but things look really good right now. And uh, as Manny can attest, uh, I I think I seem happier. You seem excited about the future, which is dope. It- it's a load off my shoulders, man. Having like producing and hosting and and doing everything, uh, I don't want the technical difficulties. Who's asking for it? Nobody's asking for technical difficulties, but I used to get them. So hopefully, fingers crossed, 
I've, I've, I've picked the right path. And so thank you, Adele, for, for realizing, yes, Comic Talk is back. There's a lot of comics even in the last week, though, that like we just won't have the time to get to. So mm. I feel bad we took like three weeks off to the point where the comics that I had prepped for on, on my OBS for the last time I used OBS are the same comics that came out this week. I just had to change the number. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I want to ask you, Manny, out of all the comics that came this week, what was your pick of the week? Uh, a lot of great stuff. And honestly, my pick of the week was completely unexpected, but Avengers Forever number two. Okay. Uh, was absolutely wild and felt like classic Jason Aaron in the best ways. I really liked it a lot. Um, interesting. I read Avengers Forever 2, and we could talk about that right now. Uh, hopefully uh, Joel hasn't seen it. I don't know. Maybe he might have some thoughts to, to throw in. But we got Avengers Forever number two. And uh, could you mind explaining the premise of Avengers Forever? Uh, so right now we are working within an alternate universe that is completely messed up. For some reason, Robbie Reyes and Deathlock are there. Uh, but in this universe, we've gone like full wasteland mode, you know, uh, weird stuff like Tony Stark is not Iron Man, but Ant-Man, the Avengers don't exist or like a like a version of them exists but not really like they were t at, the, at the end of the last issue they were sort of we were sort of getting hints at, at we're dealing the with the multiverse here right yeah uh but this book really isn't about that it's sim it's as simple as Robbie reyes is captured by the red skull who has the symbiote i assume that was they called him the black skull i believe yeah. right something like that yeah uh and he is uh, being tortured and it's about Robbie pulling through all of this and all of the terrible shit that the Black Skull is going to do to him to get him to break. It is an intense issue, especially if you're not ready for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, Avengers, and you jump into this book and you're like, huh, whew, whoa. Uh, but this one, seeing Robbie pull through all of this is awesome. Uh, all, it's like a really intense book. It kept me at the edge of my seat the whole time. Uh, particularly, uh, spoilers, by the way, if you're going to read this, uh, when Robbie gets put in a room with all the other Robbies from across the multiverse, and he's the last one standing in there because they all kill each other. Yeah. Uh, it's really intense, but a really, but like, again, seeing Robbie pull through all of this. Uh, seeing him like not crack and even spit in this dude's face, hellfire, even after all the terrible stuff that happened to him. Seeing Robbie be proclaimed as the all rider, uh, yeah, the the uh, a ghost rider who uh, for a ghost rider of, of across the multiverse who can ride anything, including the Silver Surfer's board. It's it's awesome, and it feels a lot like pre like there are some other issues in the past that Jason Aaron has done, like Wolverine the Pit, Wolverine is trapped in a pit and is and is sort of shot down every day but it's it's him sort of pushing through that and getting and getting out of that uh it or even like Wolverine goes to hell it feels a lot like Jason Aaron putting his signature grit into like this crazy multiversal story which I'm all about yeah uh 
the the premise for Avengers Forever, and then it's also bleeding into the Avengers title, right? Is that there's like a villain, there's a, a, a bunch of villains from across the multiverse that have teamed up and become like the multiversal masters of evil. So we're talking like, we, we have, yeah, Red Skull, who is Black Skull or whatever. He's, he's part Venom, part Red Skull uh, from one universe. We have like a Green Goblin that throws the skulls of Ghost Riders as explosives that he's killed across the multiverse. Uh, there's a Phoenix Force from a, another universe. And we're then seeing Robbie traverse the multiverse for some reason with Deathlock and maybe defeat those guys? I don't know. But the way they're hyping up Robbie Reyes is pretty cool for Robbie Reyes fans. I know um, I know uh, 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 Super Nickinger or mm-hmm. Amazing Nickinger. Uh, he is a, uh, a big Robbie Reyes fan. So shout out to Nick. Uh, I hope he's reading this because, you know, it's Robbie Reyes for him. I also love that character. I love to see... Latinx representation in comics. And yeah. uh, I'm waiting for eventually them to announce him getting his own book because it's cool that he's gotten a pretty pretty prominent role throughout Aaron's Avengers, especially considering Aaron wrote Ghost Rider previously and he is picking up a lot of the threads that he did in his old Ghost Rider from the early 2000s and mm-hmm. picking them up and having Robbie run with them or drive with them, I should say. Uh, and it's really cool to see that, but now we can just if like this can get us to like another Robbie Reyes solo book, that's that's mm-hmm. what I'm all about. I, what would you want in a Robbie Reyes solo book? Uh, honestly, like I know, like this, like, this is not going to happen. But like Robbie Reyes as a ghostwriter who travels the multiverse, right? Like if we just right. like once we get through this, just have that be his main shtick. That'd be cool. Uh, or even like him having to like after all this Avengers hubbub having to do more uh street level stuff considering that that he's done so much of the of the big stuff in the main Avengers title seeing a nice switch in tone would be really cool yeah uh, you you got options with that character also hi Joel hey what's up Joel how's it going good good sorry I'm a, a little bit late uh no worries for my parents to come back the my dad babysat for me today but they haven't gotten here yet so it might get louder in a second i'll have to mute myself whenever they get okay. here but okay yeah uh, how are y'all doing i'm doing good uh basically uh i was asking manny two questions right his new year's resolution when it comes to comics which mm-hmm. was read more manga right manny mm-hmm. that's a good one and what his pick of the week is and his pick of the week is avengers forever number two good good yeah. Uh, Same questions apply to you. Yeah. <laughs> My New Year's resolution when it comes to comics yeah. uh, is more of like a, I would say more of a practical thing when it comes to like my collecting, just to be more organized. Um, you know, organize my short boxes, organize my store inventory and stuff. Um, I have a hard time finding things that I'm reading sometimes <laughs> or keeping yeah. on top of it because I can't find it, you know? Uh, yeah. So being more organized and like knowing where all my stuff is, I think would be probably my first resolution just so I can like get all these books put away properly. Yeah. <laughs> for, for new viewers out there, uh, Joel, you have a, you have a store, you have a shop. Yes. I have an online comic book shop. i hoping to turn that into like a physical store at some point. 
Um, but yeah, so far online for right now. And I have a lot of comic books. So I have my own personal collecting and everything that goes with that. Yeah. I have all of the store inventory that goes with that. Um, so I'm pretty much surrounded by comics all the time. It's like a dream come yeah. true. Um, but there's a lot of books to manage and keep track of. <laughs> yeah. For anyone out there who is watching our live stream, either in the present or after the fact, uh, you are watching our live stream on volume.com slash The Keeg Show or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash The Keeg Show. You can see Manny's and Joel's comics behind them. Me, it's a green screen, but I do have comics. Trust me, I have comics. Bro, but those aren't real? These. It's a good looking green screen. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> It, I mean, it's pretty, it is pretty good, right? Yeah. It kind of looks, kind of looks real. But if you are uh, listening to us on our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Google Play and SoundCloud and Spotify and Apple Podcast and iHeartRadio, uh, you can't see it. So, you know, you pick your poison. However you want to digest this show is fine with me. You just can't see all the cool comics that everybody has behind them. But Joel, your New Year's resolution, your comics New Year's resolution is to be more organized. That's a good, yep. that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, I think most collectors probably struggle with that to some extent. Relatable. Yeah. Extremely yeah. relatable. Very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. You can't see them, but there are trades scattered about everywhere yeah. on the sides here. So. <laughs> my, yeah, so that, that would be my resolution. And yeah. I, my pick of the week, uh, that's before a tough you do your one. Pick of the week, I'm going to throw out my resolution just real yeah. quick. My resolution is, because I need to throw it out there so somebody can hold me accountable. I need... I need a more organized way. It's kind of a combination of you two. More organized way to read my comics that I have to read for Comic Talk. I need to read my DC on Tuesday. A lot of the yeah. time I save my DC for Wednesday, but then there's Marvel on Wednesday. And then the, that becomes Thursday. And then I don't get to read everything that I want to read. So what I want to do, hopefully people keep me accountable, is DC on Tuesday, Marvel on Wednesday, anything else I need to figure out on Thursday, and then one day a week, Saturday or Sunday, to catch up on, like, binge some stuff so I can catch up on old stuff. That's my goal. Yeah, I get that. So, yeah, uh, Joel, though, what, uh, is, what was your pick of the week? Let's talk about I, that's, that's tough. There was a lot of good stuff this week, um, at least that I read. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of caught between two books that I'm like, I really enjoyed both of them for different reasons. Mm. And they're at like opposite ends um, of the spectrum. One is the Garth Ennis Peacemaker one shot, which was just okay. like brutal over the top. I thought the artwork was fantastic. You know, I thought the story was pretty good. It's classic yeah. kind of Garth Ennis style stuff. Uh, and then the other way one. Bad way. Garth Ennis at his best or Garth Ennis at his worst? Garth Ennis not quite well i don't know if it was quite his best but okay. it was definitely like a classic garth ennis kind of thing it was you know it was somewhere yeah. between like the boys and preacher you know <laughs> uh, hear me out, Joel. this felt like garth ennis going straight back to punisher max it did it did feel like very straight back to punisher that's max. a great that's exactly what i was thinking when i was reading it. i was like this is very punisher max-esque and maybe that's why i really liked it because i love punisher max that's like my yeah, favorite punisher, punisher max book. is good yeah. yeah, so that would probably be the one. But then the other one that I really enjoyed was the Stray Dogs. Uh, um, Dog, Dog Days, Days too. Yeah, I Dog was, Days too. I was talking to Manny about it. Uh, Manny's read Stray Dogs, but not Dog Days. Mm. And uh, by the way, there's so many variant covers for it. I, I had are. to choose just five. And I was like, I'm yeah. just going to put up five and, <laughs> and leave it alone. Um, 
why does it have to make me cry? Like, I just, I, don't I can't, know. I can't, I'm glad. I hope it's over. Yeah. I hope, <laughs> I, I don't want any sequels to it. I can't handle enough that. emotional abuse. <laughs> I, I don't know whether you guys saw, like I had done a TikTok the moment I finished reading Stray Dogs and I was still like, my eyes were still red. And like, I think I still had like tears on my face and I'm like, everybody has to read this. Yeah. Uh, they need to read Stray Dogs. But why do Stray Dogs dog days have to, come on. Tell it was me, emotional tell me, damage. Tell me it was about emotional. it, Joel. I think I appreciated the fact that it made me feel something more so than anything. Like, I don't think I would reread it ever. Like, <laughs> I couldn't do it a second time. Um, but I enjoyed it that one time that I did read it. So, uh, but it was for that reason. And I, I really enjoyed Stray Dogs. Um, so, like, getting more of that was really great. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was definitely, I was just like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to do it, <laughs> like, while going through it. Um and it, it's a lot to like, you know, I, I'm glad that they kind of like expanded on the story and everything. We got a little bit more of it and how some of the dogs got there and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like borderline emotional, emotional abuse. It was bad. <laughs> and by bad, Joel means very, very good. Yes, by bad, I mean very, very good. Yeah, it'll make you feel it's, something, which is great. <laughs> it's super, it's super good. Yeah, such a good comic. And then it's just two issues of Dog Days where I don't know how they're going to release it. They're probably going to do like a deluxe edition, right? Probably. With the yeah, five with issues like plus dogs. the two. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Which that's fair. Dog Days doesn't need to be read technically because the story starts and ends at the like the first, those five issues. But those yeah. two issues of Dog Days just kind of fleshes out each individual dog. Ah, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the premise is they're like a couple pages for each dog that we've seen in the, in the thing. And yeah. most of them take place in the past. Um, I would have preferred a happier comic where they all take place in the future. Like, like what happened after. to them after. Yeah. The house. I would have, I would have yeah. liked that because we only see a couple of the dogs and we know what happens to them later. And it's like, I don't know. That would have made me feel good. Yeah. But, you know, there's stories about those dogs as their owners are getting murdered. Yeah. And hear me out. Rough. If you like this book and Stray Dogs, go read Evan Dorkin and Jill Thompson's Beast of Burden. Beast of Burden. Yeah. It is uh, sort of similarly, we're taking pets and putting them into a horror movie, but except this time it's uh, pets in a supernatural horror. Uh, it starts as a bunch of short one-shots one about the, the sort of neighborhood pets dealing with supernatural stuff in their town, except they're all heartbreaking and beautifully drawn by Jill Thompson, who, if you don't know, yeah. uh, did that for, like, Scary Godmothers and things like that. Uh, so if you like Stray Dogs, go, like, immediately read Beasts of Burden. It's, it's, it, it'll, it'll give you very similar feels. I don't I think I can do it. I, I might need I, like a week or two. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one day when I'm feeling uh, masochistic, which is not normally me, uh, <laughs> maybe one day I'm like, I think I could handle it. Maybe it's less masochism. Maybe, maybe it's more confidence and pride that like, yeah, I could tackle it. But yeah. I don't know. Do like Stray Dogs takes it out of me just thinking about it right now. You yeah. know? So I don't know whether I can handle it. It's definitely a must read. But part of me is like, I might buy it and give it to my sister and then just force her to read it. She doesn't read <laughs> comics and just to make her cry. I might yeah. do it just <laughs> to make her cry. 
Um, It'll be a good cry, though. It's a good cry. <laughs> it's a good cry because it's, it's a such good a thing book, is. but it's still, it's still not a happy ending. No, no, no. Nobody ever gets a happy ending sometimes. It seems like, <laughs> especially with horror comics, they're like, no, you don't get a happy ending. You get an ending. I, I, I hate that. I, yeah. as, as a as a just a person i hate that like uh i don't know i was reading on it was on reddit but basically talking about um that episode of batman the animated series where clayface has a split like clay thing that turns into a little girl and the little girl and robin get really close and in the end she gets absorbed back into clayface do you guys remember that episode yeah i remember that one yeah. and as a kid i'm like okay what happens next it's like, oh, nothing. Nope, that's it. <laughs> He's gone. Cool. Yeah. There was a Superman episode where like Dan Turpin dies, and I keep I kept like waiting to be like, but he comes back, right? No. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Uh, I can't deal with this. It's too much for me to handle. <laughs> uh, my my pick of the week is uh. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, uh, what did I, I had one written down. I didn't get to, uh, I think it's DC versus vampires number four. I'm just digging it. I'm just digging DC versus vampires. Uh, have you guys read it? Yeah. I read the the first issue. I'm not a big vampire person, but I read the first issue. Yeah. I, I like that uh in sort of contrast to the other dc apocalypse books which weirdly there's been a lot recently uh yeah. it takes a like oh no we're trying to figure out who's a vampire and we're sort of doing the like almost scroll thing right yeah. like it's almost secret invasion but instead of scrolls they're vampires yeah uh and it's sort of playing politics even at the end of this issue where uh hal and diana make the whole entire Justice League think that uh, Green Arrow and Batman did something terrible. I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it. Uh, yeah. It's been, that that part of it has been really, really cool and really, really interesting. And I was expecting this to sort of be like a boring, you know, they fight vampires, right? But now it's more, who's been turned? How are we going to deal with this situation? And I thought that was really cool. Also, Otto Schmidt kicks ass, uh, the artist Otto Schmidt, and he should be uh. on everything. He was on Green Arrow before, and put him on everything after this, please. Otto Schmidt um, draws really well, and from from a story standpoint, you can you know like certain artists are just really good at stills, and it's just like okay, there's a splash page and whatever. Like he does a really good job in this book, and it's it's nice to see like when it works in a comic book, and uh, and it just so happens like Otto Schmidt's drawings are attractive they're um they're attractive and he draws he doesn't draw women like michael turner did or rob liefeld did where it's just like it's like a woman on a stick kind of thing <laughs> like otto schmidt like draws he, he's like they have skeletons they have muscles they have skin this is how they're uh, he's drawn them and uh yeah the art is really good in DC what's interesting Vampires. about his art in this book is that you'd expect for like a vampire book them to get someone who leans a lot whose art in general and art style leans a lot more towards horror like someone like a uh, like a francisco francovia or something like that 
but instead they've chosen Otto Schmidt, who whose art tends to be a little bit more bright and a little bit more kinetic and a little bit more fun. Yeah. Uh, but it works really, really well because he is he is able to capture the sort of suaveness of the vampire, right? Yeah. Uh, and because everybody after they get turned sort of has to be that sort of smooth talking type to get people on their side or to get people to trust them. More manipulative art, vampire. Yeah. Exactly. And his art works really well for that. And because a lot of this book or a lot of this book has been the sort of trust game, right? The 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 playing behind the scenes upon the heroes and villains to see who we're go who we're going to uh, get to turn and how, uh, so I think that's been really a really interesting way to do it, and sort of reminds me of uh, the guy who worked on American Vampire, uh, whose name I can't remember, Raphael Albuquerque, mm. uh, and how and how he drew vampires and how he sort of portrayed them in that. Um. How many different alternate universe story miniseries are going on right now in each in each company? Because DC has DC version of vampires. That's an alternate universe, self-contained thing. Anyone who has a rough idea of what DC Comics is about could jump into DC version of vampires number one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great read, the story and the art, so that'd be a good thing. Uh, there's also Dark Knights of Steel, which is its own thing. Again, if you like D&D &D and DC, uh, pretty much anything D-related, well, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> you can jump into Dark Knights of Steel. And then Dark Ages is over at Marvel. What am I missing? Uh, also, every Black Label book that has come out in the past, God knows how long. Yeah, pretty much all the Black Label ones. <laughs> Those count. Yeah, yeah, they count. Like what? What are the, what are the Black Label books? Catwoman, Lonely City, Superman mm. and the Authority, uh, Batman, Catwoman, Batman, Swamp Thing, Catwoman. Green Hell, Peacemaker. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. yeah. Is Peacemaker not in continuity? I'm not sure because they kind of retconned his origins. I'm not like super familiar with Peacemaker's like original origin. I'm pretty sure he was like an ambassador or something, right? And he like became like, like a weapon by a racist as well. Yeah, something like that. But in this one, it's like his parents like killed themselves. They killed his um, brother, his his brother and sisters, mm. um, and then he got kidnapped by like a natural born killers type situation. Um, this Bonnie and Clyde couple, and he kind of just like went along with them and then eventually turned them over to the police. Um, and then he special forces, you know what I mean? Punisher esque yeah. type story, um, and was like kind of. And in this, it's not that like he's trying to achieve peace. You know what I mean? It's not like peace by any means, at least not in this Garth Ennis one. Um, yeah. It's still much like that in Suicide Squad. But in this one, it's like when they're dead, they're at peace. And he's like, I can bring them peace that way. Oh, he's like, so I'm gonna... yeah, this does seem different. Yeah, it was very much like like Manny said, it's very much more uh, Garth Ennis Punisher Max type Punisher mentality or, you know, something like that, where he's like, oh, like these people, like they were they were tormented by what they were. Like this guy was a pederast or these people were human traffickers and mm. I brought them peace. And it was very kind of eerie in that sense and made him seem more psychotic and everything. So it was a different kind of take on Peacemaker compared to what I'm used to you know, seeing in Suicide Squad and things like that. The, the, the amazing show, the movie and all that. Um, so it kind of retconned him in that way. Even That's interesting. the issue as a, like a, a conversation, right? Rather than just taking us through these events. Yeah. Felt very like Punisher Max and I'm talking like born or the platoon uh, yeah. things like that 
Uh, and that's much. why I read this book, actually, because I was like, Garth Ennis on Peacemaker just makes more sense than anything else that Garth Ennis has been on in a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> so, But do we need a serious Peacemaker after, at, like, the fact is, like, nobody cared about Peacemaker for the longest time. And, yeah. and like, that's a hyperbole when I say nobody. I'm sure there's one person out there that's like, hey, fuck you, Dimitri. I loved him. And it's like, okay, dude, like, whatever. But... Uh-huh. Uh, you know, there, there's always that one guy, don't say nobody, I did. I have all the comics. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> You're the one but Peacemaker like, fan. <laughs> yeah, but like you and James, James Gunn, Gunn. <laughs> James Gunn brought Peacemaker to the forefront. And that yeah. is weird. Tell me five years ago that that would happen. That is, what? Yeah, it's wild. Blood, blood sport also? Yeah, Bloodsport's I mean, another deep cut one. Guardians again, where he was like, "Look, remember that team that nobody cared about? I'm gonna not pay attention to anything that they were in the comics and just sort of go from my own thing, right?" And I think that's yeah. that's fair for Peacemaker, but I also think that now that these characters are back into prominence, you can do a lot more with them, right? That also takes advantage of, of varying tones, right? Uh, yeah. And and I sort and, and I sort of dig that when a character's back into prominence, so now we can explore whatever the hell we want with them and not just sort of go in the direction that made them prominent. You know what I'm saying? We can explore different things with them. Yeah. Um, would people get upset that this Peacemaker comic is not uh, comedic like the show is? I don't think so. I think he pulls it off really well in making it a much more serious tone um, and taking a different, and it's a black label book. So I think people would, anyone that knows black label is going to go into it and not expecting a typical, you know, silly costume peacemaker and everything. Um, maybe if you went in or like, oh, peacemaker, I love the John Cena, Cena show. You might yeah. be a little disappointed because it's very different. Yeah. Um, but if you kind of know what Black Label is going into it, uh, you'll have a, a good idea. And if you know, you know Garth Ennis. <laughs> yeah. Hear me out though, Joel. I think an overwhelming majority of people that buy this book are going to be the ones that you said, the the people who. Uh, watch the peacemaker show and go like i want that but in a comic and this number one is coming out right on the heels of that, that uh, they even say it in the in the sort of description for the one shot it's like on the heels of the pe the hit hbo mag show peacemaker comes, yeah you know yeah. this thing uh so i feel like a lot of people are going to be totally whiplash but if you like have any concept of like the fact that peacemaker's objectively a terrible person and the show like does a lot to highlight that too yeah yeah uh, i think that this won't come as a that this won't come as as this won't be as big of a surprise as you think yeah especially yeah. since they're focusing specifically on origin and they make that like explicitly clear you know yeah it's not like the continued adventures of peacemaker in the show yeah. is very much and i feel like his origin in this would be closer to what his origin would be on like the show because in the, in the show like you know he could have had because in the book it was his stepdad and his mom um and in the show they haven't touched on who his mom is they just touched on his dad and that his dad like raised him to be a weapon so i mean it's, it's very plausible that this could feel similar to that in the origin aspect of it uh but yeah no i agree people are people are going to go into and think oh like you know peacemaker they're going to jump in and they're going to realize that it's it's not if you want that kind of peacemaker the current suicide squad is where you should go because it's very similar um, mm. not as comedic but you know it's, not it's as comedic not as comedic but definitely more typical Bumbling. comic booky yeah comic comic booky you know silliness he's got his had, helmet on he's got his helmet on all yeah. that stuff yeah he's wearing his costume he's 
yeah. you know, oh, for peace, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just as a plug, uh, the key, we're, we're covering the first five episodes of Peacemaker this Saturday at 5 nice. p.m. Pacific time uh, with uh, two guests. We have uh, Dorsey from the DA Experience, and we have JJ, uh, Cat Lady JJ, uh, on the show. And we're going to be talking about those first five episodes. So anyone out there, catch up on those five episodes of Peacemaker, then join us on Saturday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Um, there, <clears throat> there were a lot of comics that came out this week. Uh, I want to be able to have time to uh, talk about them all, or at least as much as we can. What are some other comics that you guys really love this week? I just want to throw this out there. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be real quick, but yeah. Saga 55 came out. And if you were reading Saga before this, you know how monumental that is because it has been three years. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about it because I think that anybody who is already reading Saga is going to read it and it would be a disservice for me to spoil it for them. I haven't read it yet, and so it, please don't. <laughs> exactly. And anybody who is not reading Saga, this is your, this is your time to start catching up. This is your sign, like you need to catch up with this book right now. It is excellent. If you don't know what it's about, it is a love story about these two people on opposite ends of a galactic war who have a child and now they're trying to get that child to a better place in this crazy wild universe where anything and everything can and will happen to them. So and it good. will break your heart. It so is good. excellent. So if you're not reading it, like go read it and catch up because it's excellent. If you are reading it, Saga 55, is exactly what you want out of the return of Saga, and that's all nice. I'm going to say about it. Oh, okay. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> there you go. We, uh, we got Brian Long out there, uh, a.k.a. Captain Comics Rex. Uh, Brian says, Saga, the last of the 299 comics. Is it still 299? Yep. yep Saga and, and Spawn yeah. are like the only ones. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. wonder... So, hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. <laughs> um... Okay, so since we're not going to spoil Saga 55, uh, I also, look, I'm going to, in, in a lot of conversations about Saga, I nod my head and I'm like, yeah, 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 it's good. I've only read like the first like five to 10 issues. Uh, I need to catch up, but I'll add that to my list. It's good. It's an easy read too, if you need to yeah. catch up from like the beginning. It, it reads very well in trade too, which is great um, if yeah. you're like behind on it, so. Yeah. Um, I am behind on it, so I will catch up on Saga and then be able to talk about it all. Are we going to get a Saga TV show? Are there talks about it or not? I don't know if they've ever talked about it. I mean, it would work if they did like an animated show, probably. I don't think you do. It's way too crazy for live action. Yeah. Um, but they could do like an animated adaptation of it, I think would work if they did that. Like Invincible? I think Invincible's really yeah. opened the doors to like an animated adaptation that is treated like a live action. Sure. Yeah, real talk though, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't think I would okay. want it either, okay. personally. Okay, it, this book is so beautifully paced, yeah, and so specific. Like, uh, Fiona Staples's art is a big part of what makes this book special, yeah, right. And I feel like you lose a lot of all of that in annotation, especially because Brian Cabon already writes like it's a television show, yeah, yeah. And that's why I always tell people, like, if you're new to comics, like. The two comics I recommend for new readers that like, oh, I just want to get into comic books. I don't know, you know, I don't necessarily want to read Spider-Man or something. Saga is one of the first, Saga and The Walking Dead are like the first two Absolutely. books I give people, especially Saga, because it, it just, it shows you everything that like the comic book medium is capable of. Like all of the stuff that you, can, you can't you can see anywhere else that you'd really have a hard time adapting, like a 
what a comic book is capable of doing, um, Vaughn and Staples have captured it within Saga, which I think mm. is one of the best reasons I always recommend it to new readers. I can okay. testament to that, Joel, because Saga is one of the first couple of comics that I gave to my girlfriend to go like, if you want an idea of why I like this stuff, read this and now. Read that, yeah. She yeah. loves it and she's super excited yeah. for this new issue. Saga is one of the only comics my wife has read. So and she's another big is. comics yeah. person. Like Saga and Lock and Key are the only ones that she's read. So oh, yeah. My, uh, my, ex, my ex, I got her into fables. So she just That's read as one. much fables as she could um everybody finds the one comic even if it's like uh even if you're not like a big old comic book reader there is a comic out there for you i can guarantee it like my parents don't read comics but like i'm sure i could find something of theirs if they had time to read you know yeah it's really no different than any other you know if you like reading of any kind you can find a good you know you like any form of entertainment i think comics are one of the few that is kind of a a combination it's super accessible in terms of readability usually and in terms of you know having to understand the story it's easier to pay attention to than like a normal book um yeah so i think uh, you know as many different types of genres and everything you know comics is 2x that you know because it's just you're capable of so much more within the medium yeah um, I want to talk real quick about Teen Titans Academy number 11. Did you guys read that one? I did, yeah. yeah. On the cover, it says, Red X revealed. Correct me if I'm wrong, Red X was not revealed. Not at it all. was not. Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, oh, next issue, he's revealed. But like, yeah. they, they yeah. said he's revealed in this issue. Yeah. If they tease me one more time, Dimitri, if they tease me one more time with, by the way, we're going to tell you who Red X is, and then they don't, I'm... I've dropped this book once. I will drop it again. Yeah, they've like, been they've been dragging it on for way too long uh, at this point. Yeah, <laughs> hurry up. They have. they have. That being said, this issue was better than some of the previous issues. I thought it was Shazam. like... Shazam. <laughs> with, with Shazam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shazam yeah, shows I'm up. just a big Shazam fan, so... Oh, are you? I didn't <laughs> yeah, know I that. love Shazam, yeah. He is uh, one of my favorite superheroes ever. Um, I love okay. his history. I just, I love Shazam. He's awesome. Do you love the movie? Captain Marvel. Oh. Yes, I I, you, I normally say Captain Marvel. I say Shazam. They even did that in the comic, too. They're yeah. Captain Marvel. No, my other name. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, do, you, do you love the movie? Yeah, I thought the movie was great. Um, I like the movie a lot. Yeah, it's I, one of my top DC movies. Yeah, it's definitely one of the better DC movies. It's a great take on his character. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the New 52 run that that's based on, um, yeah. mainly with, like, the changes that they made to Billy um Mm. you know billy in the comics is very much you know he's like a good kid you know what i mean he's like pure of heart and everything and it kind of made him you know this punkish little kid that keeps getting kicked out of foster homes and all this other stuff yeah and then they made it to where his like mom wasn't dead and you know because in the comics originally his parents were both killed by dr shrivana so that he could steal all of their money um and shrivana was like posing as his uncle and all that stuff so they changed some things about it. Then they did they changed things that I did like. You know, Jeff Johns did the whole Shazam family with the rest of the foster kids. I thought that was great. I thought that was yeah. a great twist on the Shazam family. Instead of him just sharing it with, you know, Mary and Freddie, he's sharing it with all of them. I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, yeah, there were just certain things about it, especially the changes to Billy specifically that I didn't care for. But other than that, I think the movie is great. I'm excited yeah. for the next one too. Yeah, I do like the nuance of, Billy Batson being pure of heart, but also being a kid in a tough situation. Thus to show that like, even though there there are kids who are pure of heart that have been put into bad situations in which they're trying to get out of, give them an opportunity to like fly, you know? Yeah. 
and my so in that movie he's horrendous he's sorry? so bad my, my like i like that idea right and i like and i like the idea that you know the foster system doesn't like is pretty terrible and like will put you through the ringer right uh yeah. but in that movie he's like irrevocably terrible for me yeah uh, and let's his friend uh get uh hit by a, a car and is like yeah i'm not helping you out yes yeah. you're yeah. selfish right yeah. I, I, yeah, it, it was lazily done to get us through Act One, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the biggest flaw. In the comics, uh, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. He's, I, I mean, think, I think the biggest upset is he's not Captain Marvel, he's Shazam. Yeah. I think that's the biggest upset. Yeah. The, them changing the name after, you know, 70 years really didn't make any sense just because they can't call the comic book Captain Marvel anymore. It was never even called Captain Marvel to begin with. It was called Wiz Comics. You know what I mean? Presents Captain Marvel is when he first came out. He came in Wiz Comics number two, uh, yeah. you know, less than a year after Superman did. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 that's one of the things too. I'm just like, why would you, what, what's the point of changing his name? You know? Yeah. At least inside uh, the interior, you know? Weird comic book history. Did you guys know that Captain Marvel Jr. was more popular than Captain Marvel? I did yeah, not know that Captain Marvel Jr. was more popular. No. Sorry. Not. Yeah, he, he was the inspiration for Elvis's whole wardrobe. Yeah, yes. Captain Marvel was, yeah. yeah. And Captain, Mar uh, Captain Marvel, Marvel Jr. specifically, right? Yeah. Is Elvis's favorite character. Yeah, the, it was the all color. that. Yeah. The lightning yeah. bolt rings that he wore with his crew, the TCBU yeah. lightning bolt. Yeah. And the whole cape, the whole cape with collar. Like that's yeah. that's like Elvis modeled himself after Captain Marvel Jr. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and yeah. there's a cop there's a copy on his desk at Graceland. Nice. Yeah, I, I know I, that Captain Marvel outsold Superman yeah. originally. Um, uh, first I, I could be wrong about Captain Marvel Jr. versus uh, Captain Marvel, but I know that Captain Marvel Jr. was Elvis's favorite character um so yeah but yes uh it's a weird history with captain marvel but yeah. uh you know good and for them he's one of those characters i think dc has a hard time figuring out what to do with him and that's why i kind of enjoyed his bit here in titans academy and his little spinoff and stuff hopefully that means he'll get a series maybe him dealing with the you know black adam jr with yeah. nevermore and everything maybe yeah. delving more into like the magical side of it yeah. um because that's something that you can do with him you know you can really delve into the magic the mystic all that stuff you know i think they always try to put him on like a superman type path which like obviously yeah. that's something you can do with him too but like focus on the thing that makes him different that's the magic you know? yeah uh, him from superman. they also focus on like him being a kid but I, I feel like the whole kid aspect is overplayed now because they yeah. keep reverting like going back to this like cheesy kiddish stuff where it's fine that's kind of core to his character but also like show the magic part yeah you know or um, age him up a little bit you know you think age i think up? age because you know one of the things too that i've always loved and alex ross really captures this um in his artwork and especially in kingdom come you know captain yeah. marvel the form is just an older version of billy right it's yeah. the billy you know the golden age version it was literally just a peak human form of yeah. the host so yeah. maybe age him up he starts running into problems because everyone's like you look like shazam like yeah. why are you, you're just like you're billy but you look like shazam so maybe you know play on that whole aspect of it yeah. you know something along those lines i think age him up deal with that you know what i mean delve yeah. into his character a little bit more in that way but that's just one man's opinion <laughs> yeah 
I, I miss the old design for Billy. They used to have a pretty set design, uh, not for Billy, but for Captain Marvel. That yeah. like he had a chin dimple, he had squinty eyes, he just had small eyes, and he had like kind of curlierish hair. Yeah, uh, and they kind of got rid of it all, you know. And the sash around his belt, his waist. Mm. You gotta bring the sash oh. back. <laughs> now it's just a belt, right? Yeah, I don't even know if he has a belt. I think it's just red and then just sure, a blood. lightning bolt. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Agree. Bring the sash back. Yeah, bring the, <laughs> bring sash, the back. sash back. I mean, they, yeah, if Captain Marvel in Marvel has a sash around her waist. Yeah, uh, yeah you know. he, he does. <laughs> uh, you know. Oh, I don't mean that cat. I don't mean Marvel. I mean, I mean Carol Danvers too. Right? Yeah. yeah, she, she Danvers, has a. Yeah. She has a sash around her waist. Anyway, uh, what's another comic that you guys read this week that um, that uh, 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 is worth talking about? Uh, I mean, if we're still on DC, I did read the new action comics. I've been reading that run since uh, since uh, Johnson took over, and they changed mm-hmm. artist on this issue. Um, and the art has been one of the things I've liked a lot about this current action run. Um, I've actually just really been comparing it a lot to like Superman, Son of Kal-El, like, yeah. it's, you know, it's both Superman, yeah. um, you know, and the stories are going very in different directions. So you kind of get like an earthbound fighting regular supervillains and also Superman in space. So I'm getting like all my right. Superman that I wanted, <laughs> yeah. but the art in the action comics run is really what's been setting it apart. And the art in this issue is really good, you know, really diving into like exploring some aspects of Superman now that he's on war world, you know, he's losing his powers and he's pretty much lost them all the way now. Um, okay. But he has the authority yeah. backing him up, right? He has a couple of members of the authority backing him up. Um, wow. Midnighter is like joining the war world, like resistance, <laughs> like freedom fighters. Okay. Um, two of the other characters I can't remember are both like in the war, in the um, war zone pit with him. And then they killed one of them. Uh, Steel and Olmec. Field Omac, yes, are in the pit with him. The speedster whose name I cannot remember. Yeah, her name's like Leia or Leah or something like that. I don't remember what her her hero name is, but she was killed. And then Mm. Apollo is being used as some kind of energy source. They haven't really kind of just hinted at what was going on. And Midnighter's trying to rescue him, obviously, his husband. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's been really great because it's definitely diving into like it explores superman in a different way or you know in a way that i really always like kind of a symbol of hope inspiring others and showing that he can do it without powers i I think it's a really cool take on it so right also we got like some john carter-esque you know like space conan-esque elements in this book which i've been really digging uh (laughs) yeah yeah because he's like trapped on warworld and he's forced to become like a gladiator fighting slave yeah as his powers are slowly fading so in this issue they like make a note to him they're like hey you're still fighting like you like you're gonna have your powers forever man yeah like, I love you that. Still, <laughs> yeah you still block axes with your forearm yeah you know what i'm saying you can't be doing that <laughs> uh and that's and it's been really cool to see him be that sort of that's it, it almost feels like 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 the film gladiator a yeah bit. like as he it does it has very similar yeah yeah i agree 100 percent. that's one of the things that really now now they're giving him like armor and like a sword i'm like that's awesome like let's see it like gladiator superman i'm all for it <laughs> for sure and, and again in like like you like you mentioned earlier stark contrast to uh yes. superman son of kyle uh, yes. which i think is great that we can have this like big epic sci-fi fantasy adventure on one side and a and a very i'm not gonna say ground level but earth level yeah 
down-to-earth Superman story that feels a little bit more traditional, but with a new flavor, with a new yeah, character. with John and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exploring his relationships with others, I think, is really cool. And the I was thinking about dropping that one just because like the art wasn't I'm, I'm really loving the art on action comics and the art on superman has been kind of hit or miss so i was probably yeah. gonna start trade winning it but then i read the annual like a couple weeks ago and it like sucked me right back because <laughs> now we're gonna see him interacting with lex luther and everything and I, I really love that you know exploring that dynamic now with john and you know some of his dad's villains you know how is he gonna deal with them what is he gonna do now that he has all this knowledge from his father and like what is he gonna use that to to face off some against these other people and i think that's like a great kind of aspect of the character to really dive into yeah this era of superman has been really great at updating the character and the idea of the character in new and genuinely new and interesting ways yeah while still not because i feel like often when you update superman when people try to update superman you lose a lot of what makes that character special and what and what has made that character endure see brian michael bendis or the new 52 but uh, I feel like this run has done a lot to, like, com- like make us like completely change where this character's at, right? Like, yeah. Superman's in space, being a gladiator, and his son is Superman. Like, completely change what we think of, right? But still keep the core of like we want to preserve hope. Yeah. Superman doing it in space with the War Zoon and uh, uh, John doing it on Earth and in a different way than his father would ever think yeah. to. But like building off of his father's legacy and like using that as like a foundation to be the next level of Superman, I think is what's great. And yeah, it's like you said, we're getting these two other, you get all your Superman in, in two different books with two different Superman, both of them being explored in new ways, you know, especially John getting explored out, you know, first time we're really seeing anything from him, you know, Clark getting explored in his way. So we're getting like, it's a great time to be a Superman fan. (laughs) Speaking of Joel, did you read Superman and Robin? No, I didn't read the that one. I'm, I, that one's on my list, so I was going to get to that one next. That book uh, is tell us about it, me. Yeah, uh, that book is so much fun. If you were a fan of either Peter Tomasi's Superman uh, Superman Run from a couple yeah, years ago or yeah. uh, Super Sons, the, you fall right back into it here. Tomasi is writing a John Kent and Damien story. Nice, uh, but in here, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Damien goes to John and he's like, hey, something's wrong at the Fortress of Solitude. I was like, how did you know that? He's like, I'm, get over it. All right. Let's, let's just do it. <laughs> I'm Damien. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, and, he's, and he picks up a couple of the threads from Super Sons and uh, the Superman book. Like, you remember when they go back in time and have to save that, uh, the dude from the losers mm-hmm. in yeah. like, in the, not the Savage Land, but the Savage Land? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So something from the stuff from that breaks into uh the fortress of solitude through the, the sort of same plot device cube that did that and damien and john have to stop it it is so much fun it's so cute it's so great to see these two interacting again i really miss that uh to see how their dynamic has changed considering everything that's happened to john since super sons uh but also see that tomasi can still recapture the magic that 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 made that book fun and like not do anything else but like let's just let's just make a fun one shot like there's a point where john and damien fight uh nazis from that place with robot suits and you're nice. just like hell yes all i want out of something <laughs> like this you know all i want out of like a fun crossover between these two yeah um do you guys think they're gonna age damien up at at some point i feel I like they not. keep prepping i feel like they keep like 
with 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 John being that age, just to age him up to John's level, uh, Damien's you know discovering his his you know his feelings towards like Flatline or whatever, just like romantic feelings. I wouldn't put it past DC to age Damien up. I don't know if they'll drastically age him up like they did with John because that was not, if I remember correctly, super popular at the time. Um, and a lot of people are were not super on board with aging him up as drastically as they did. Yeah, I mean, I'm I was borderline with it at best. I think maybe yeah. age him up a little, you know what I mean? Just like a natural progression of age, maybe. Yeah. Um is definitely possible. I'm not reading the current Robin run, but you know, he's crossed over with some of the other titles I'm reading. So maybe age yeah. him up more naturally, have him be still you know kind of an angsty teenager you know what i mean like you know kind of age him up more naturally but i don't think with as you know as popular as damien is i don't think they'll do a drastic age jump just yet maybe later on down the road when his core audience is a little bit older but for now i don't think they're going to drastic and you know jump him up like that i agree also because i feel like it would it, it would conflict with the rest of the ages of the Bat family in a, in a sort of really irrevocable way because they were able to do that with uh, Nightwing because it was the 80s and we yeah. didn't care about continuity that much yet. Uh, but now, if you have them be anywhere close to Tim's age, there is immediately a problem. And Tim's like, a, yeah. like young. Yeah. Yeah. Tim's yeah. like still yeah. like late teen, like 18, 19. Right? That's what I teen. agree with. I agree that, that Tim is 18, 19. But some people are saying that he's 16 and he was going to go to college early. I don't agree with that, but continue. Sorry. Yeah, I'm glad you're on board. But like, even if you age them, because they, they have a very particular history, right? Because of, the, like, because of their age difference and because of who Damien is. And the right. moment you do that is the moment like that everybody goes like, that's weird and that shouldn't, like, that shouldn't be like that. Also, I feel like we're finally uh, really delving into Damien on his own he's had a solo series in the past but i feel like this this one in particular this new one has been doing a lot to make like they're obviously going to make him like a more solo robin now right yeah. like i like i like i think that that is as close as we'll get to aging him up is to separate him from batman as they've been doing a lot recently i mean like for for like years now yeah uh and have him be his own yeah yeah have him be still robin because i feel like he cares too much about that title more than most of the more than like let's say him and him and tim both sort of feel similarly about that title that like that is a part of who they are yeah uh but i feel like they're definitely like moving him away from batman in a significant way yeah uh, have you been reading the new robin run either of y'all no i, I haven't, I haven't been reading it yeah I have. I just uh, I just recently started to appreciate Damien. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been I've been reading the new one. I didn't get to read the new issue, Robin number ten. Uh, mm. I don't know. Did you read Robin number ten? Yes. Uh, do, do you want me to spoil it? Because there's a big reveal in this issue. Don't spoil it for me, but wet our appetites about it so that the viewers out there can kind of get a feel. Okay, so uh, this book, uh, the book so far, has been. Damien fighting in a, in, a, in a tournament where everybody can die and come back to life uh, because of a mysterious group called the League of Lazarus who are, are in some way related to the League of Assassins in a way that we have not fully explored yet. In this book, at, at, up to this point, in this book, we learn the history of the League of Lazarus uh, and about the island and about the main villain in this book. We learn a lot about all of those things and I will not spoil those for you or for anybody else listening, uh, but... Uh, very big reveals in this issue. 
Uh, I've been liking uh, this book a lot. I want to read it now because I, I I didn't get <laughs> to uh, to very many DC this week. I read mostly Marvel, and there's a lot of them on my list. And Robin number ten is on my list. Yeah, it's like the opposite. I read a lot of DC this week. Yeah, I'm super behind on Marvel. <laughs> yeah, uh, there there were some X Men titles that came out this week, so I had yes. to read that. Quite a few X Men. Uh, yeah, yeah. Getting busy um, over there on Krakoa. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's one of their things, right? You got to yeah. get busy on Krakoa. <laughs> got to make uh, more mutants. Someone was br- someone brought up Marauders Annual. Uh, a couple days ago on TikTok and how bad it was. And I was like, I don't know how bad it was. It starts off okay, but then it does end bad. And I'm like, ugh, it was kind of a waste. I don't know if you guys read it. Did you guys read Marauder's Annual? Uh, is Jerry Duggan still writing Marauders too? Or is he also writing that? He did drop that for just the main X-Men title. Uh, it doesn't look like, yeah, he's, re- uh, he's re- he didn't write this annual. At least. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but this annual starts off cool and then the villain comes in and it's just really dumb and really edgy and edgelord. Like it's the theater of pain. And I'm like, I care nice. nothing about this guy. He's like, he's all about pain and slashing uh, Akahiro who is Dakin, but he doesn't go by Dakin anymore. Like he goes by his, his birth name, Akahiro. And so, um, yeah, it was not good. That being said, we also have uh, X deaths, of wolverine or x lives of wolverine it's both x lives and x death x lives and x death yeah i haven't read that one yet but i'm gonna read both of them we're planning on reading both of them yeah i read x deaths i finally read an x-men book did you like it uh hear me out i think a lot of this has to do with me not having read x-men since hoxbox Right, I read okay, Hotspots right. and I was like, I'm gonna stop until Hickman finishes his stuff. But I was like, X Death to Wolverine. This seems like a nice place for me to jump in. I'm a Wolverine guy, you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, and then I jumped in and I was like, Where's Wolverine? Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, so like, I know the stuff with Moira McTaggart, right? Yeah. I, I, this is her last life, from what I understand, which is why this is a big deal, uh, right? No, yes and no. Uh, 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 yes, but also no. She has technically one life left in her before I think her mutant power, something happens. But, gotcha. I mean, do you want the spoiler that happened in in Inferno? Uh, sure. I don't think I want it. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Mystique, was- Mystique oh, and right. Destiny become her villains and they do something. So uh, who's to say? But that being said, this X deaths, X lives of Wolverine, it's like time traveling thing where Omega Red is going to the past to kill Xavier at different points. And did I Wolverine's read the wrong issue. Because did I read the wrong issue? Oh, did I read what happened? What what opened up last week? Because X Death of Wolverine and the the one that I read number one right, which is uh, the one that came out this week, uh, was the the was all about Moira McTaggart being chased by Mystique for some reason that probably happens in Inferno that Joel doesn't want to know that I didn't. Oh, uh, you can spoil okay. it. it, it that I didn't, read, that, that I didn't yeah. read. That I didn't read this. I didn't read this week's. Then I read. Okay, Brian is saying X lives and X deaths are two different ones. So yes. I read. <laughs> 
I you read, read lives, lives and you read death. I read X <laughs> lives <laughs> last week. X deaths is this week. So I am confused and I apologize. You can say what I happens in Inferno if it fills in the gaps for Manny. I don't mind hearing it. I'm going to be so long before I get to it anyway. <laughs> uh, if it... Well, now I don't want spoilers on X, uh, X deaths for me this week. Oh. <laughs> Brian, Brian's in the in the audience yeah. being like these idiots. <laughs> no, he's, I was like X Deaths, it's number I, I was confused. I'm the idiot. But yes, what were you gonna say, Manny? I, I also feel like the idiot because I was like, oh, X, this is the, the start of this new apparently I was wrong. They're pulling I'm a hawk's blame... box. I hate them. They're pulling it. the Hawks box because when when they did House of X, Powers of X, it's the same series but alternate. But it's not. It's two series yeah. but alternating. There's like House of X number one, Powers of X number one, House of X Powers of, or, uh, number two, Powers of X number two. So it seems like they're doing that for X Lives, X Deaths. I hate everything about that. It infuriates me. Uh, and this is uh, a new reader is going to pick this up like I did. Some yeah. I am in the place of the new reader now. I can I can attend. I can. I can put a testament to the fact that somebody's going to pick this up and go, oh, sweet, Wolverine. And then read it and go, what is actually what is, happening? What is happening? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's X good lives. if you read. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we together make one like pretty okay story. <laughs> but I, but I, I don't want to even hear about X deaths now other than, but you're saying it was about Moira? Yeah. This All I'm going to say is that this issue's focused specifically on Moira McTaggart, okay. uh, which I wasn't expecting because I was like, man, I, I mean, or, or maybe like this is like a prequel to something. And I was like, okay, but and I, I, as a person who's not reading X-Men, it's super confusing. So maybe you having read X-Men and having read X-Lives, yeah. perhaps would find a lot more enjoyment out of this than I did. Okay. And I hope so. Okay. All right. Um, I'm sorry, Manny. I feel like Marvel failed you. <laughs> I tried this time. I was like, Dimitri always reads the X books. I'm going to jump in finally. I'm going to dip my toes here. And then, yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so, anyone out there who I guess is a new reader or even medium reader, just know that uh, it's confusing. But, <laughs> but what is kind of not confusing or at least less confusing, uh, well, Brian actually says, it is a little bit confusing. Uh, Brian says he thinks the implication is that because X Lives is about time travel, the Wolverine we see in X Deaths is some sort of future version, kind of like Tenet, like the movie Tenet. We, I mean, we'll see. I'm going to have to read it to try to make sense of it because if anyone's caught up on X-Men, it's me and uh, uh, not Manny. But Manny, yeah. I'm telling you, catch back up. Um, I, uh, I'll get there. I do want to shout out that I made an Amazon wish list. So you should make an Amazon wish list, Manny, and you should post it up and get people to buy you the trades of the X-Men titles. So then you feel compelled to read them. I have Marvel Unlimited. I, I need, I need not a wish list. I only I have the power the of the internet in my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Dude, it really is the time. It's yeah. just like, I got to sit down. Cause for example, with Hickman's Avengers, Right, I didn't read it when it was, I tried to read it when it was coming out. Didn't like it. 
then I was like, I'm going to sit down and in a two-week or a week span, read this entire epic. Then I sat down in a week and caught up on all of it, and I was like, this is amazing. But also, I just need like a week where I only read like I can only read X Men titles because if I stop in the middle there, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back. Especially when it's Hickman. Yeah, yeah. you really need to. Hickman d- takes time. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna read all the different the, all the different series. Well, you I just read the Dawn to... of X the Dawn of X books. It, it compiles them in order. That's, right, that's how yeah. I read them. I'm reading through the Dawn of X trades right you, now. You so. do the t- the Dawn of X trades. Is that what you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you get each I issue, mean, and it does them like in some kind of order. That's cool, but also I don't want every book in my shelf to look like Dawn of X, Dawn of X, Dawn of X, Dawn of X. I like X-Men, X-Force, Marauders, I get Italians, that. you know? I get that for the shelf, know, like, yeah. Yeah, for the shelf. You got yeah. That's what I do it, man. I do it all for the shelf, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all, we all have, 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 you know, shelves. It's like, yeah. we all have our, our ways of doing it. I get um, it. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, did anyone read X-Men number seven? Okay, I'm going to just Not touch really. really quick on X-Men number seven, which is getting interesting. We get introduced to Dr. Stasis, who's creating chimera-type animal monsters. And previous to this issue, we know that Cyclops died in public and thus can't come out in public as Cyclops anymore because Krakoan resurrection is a secret. And now Cyclops essentially can't be Cyclops in public. So he's Captain Krakoa in public, and he has a, a like an alternate identity, and I, I think it's crazy because Cyclops, who has been the team leader for for decades of X Men, uh, even in universe, at least what twenty years, at least uh, he can no longer be Cyclops anymore, and he has to hide behind Captain Krakoa, and not even the same power set either. So hmm. it's kind of kind of tough. So in this issue, we see what happens to Cyclops, and that is the machinations of Dr. Stasis and his chimera uh, things. They come out and they attack humans, and they're like, where are the mutants? Where are the mutants? And uh, we see this, this kind of flashback on the death of Cyclops, which um, is, I mean, we know that Cyclops isn't going to die completely, but... I don't know. It, it, it's kind of wild right now, and I think it's kind of interesting because we not only get Doctor Stasis as an ongoing X Men villain, we have that red skinned guy that's in in um, that's like a billionaire. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's like this red skinned billionaire. He like modified his own body, but he's not a mutant, and he hates that mutants got to Mars before him. So think of it like he's a Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk type guy um and uh uh he hates them for it so i don't know there's there's a lot of cool things coming out of x-men right now sounds like it (laughs) oh you should have read the one with i think last issue or the issue before but that ah ah, it's so good it's so good (laughs) but uh definitely definitely worth checking out nice and there's only seven issues of this x-men run so manny would you recommend reading all the Hickman stuff prior to the current uh, yes. X-Men or just jump into it? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. But if you really, if you get the gist of Krakoa. Yeah. But there are really cool moments in that, in the first X-Men run of the Krakoa age. This is the second X-Men run of the Krakoa age. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I love me my X-Men. So, you know. 
Uh, they are like the best thing at Marvel, I would say. Is X-Men. They're always the best thing. Well, yeah. no. Uh, I would say that they're the best IP of Marvel. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Marvel shot themselves in the foot on purpose. They were like, they were trying to snuff out X-Men for a while. Yeah. And that was not good. That was not a good time. Um, But now they're back, baby. They're back. Did you guys read Death of Doctor Strange? Number five. I read the first couple issues of that one. I'm already reading. I'm not a huge event book person. So I'm Uh reading Devil's Reign. So I was like, I'm just going to read that one instead of doctor strange yeah so that's really why i read so much marvel this week before i read dc the events because of the events yeah yeah which i guess that means it's working right their, yeah. their strategy is working <laughs> i uh, usually try to stick to one event personally because it tends to be a lot for me to try and keep track of <laughs> yeah uh did you guys uh so so do, do you want to know what happens in death of doctor strange did he he died in this one, right? Because it's the fifth issue, and then I know this, Clea this, is going to be the, the final next. issue. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I, I know like the three mothers came, and that was going to yeah. be who they were fighting. Essentially, I, I read up. I think I read the first three issues. The three mothers came. The Avengers faced off against them. Yeah, be in, and then like the Doctor Strange that was locked away in time came out for like seven days or whatever. And I know yeah. Clea becomes a the new sorcerer, right? Because I saw that yeah. in the previews. Yeah. 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 Uh you you think he's going to he's going to get away with like coming back to life, but he doesn't. And so uh Clea I believe has it, which is good that they're building up Clea because the movies need Clea. And I don't know if you guys think that Clea is going to be in Multiverse of Madness or not, but I think it would be a good time to introduce her. I think it makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, they bring in more they're they're going to expand on the mystical stuff. You know, Clea should definitely be one of the characters that gets brought in. Yeah. That's why I, I think it sucks that, like, they're linking magic with the multiverse, which is fine, I guess. But it's Doctor Strange's second movie, and he's doing multiversal shenanigans. And it's like, there's so much more to Doctor Strange that, like, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of Doctor Strange number one, the, the movie, because it was like they were sh- too shy to do proper magic. And yeah. like he does proper magic in Infinity War and Endgame and, and, you know, I guess in No Way Home, but then now we're dealing with the multiverse, but it's like, I want him to go back to proper magic because you didn't get to see that. I think that they, now they have more of the ability to do that now that they've kind of introduced Doctor Strange. Obviously, I remember when Doctor Strange came out, they really went for it in terms of like the mystical side of it. At least it seemed that way at the time. You know, obviously it was a, watered down version from the comics and stuff but i think yeah. now that we've established doctor strange with people we've established the magic i think marvel is going to be a little bit more bolder with it yeah. um and then you know if uh, rachel mcadams's character is getting married it only makes sense for them to bring in clea for a new romantic relationship so they can expand more into that we can go back to right. the dark dimension you know what i mean all this other stuff we can kind of go back and do more of so right. i think it's possible they just set up so many magical plots like baron mordo being like no more sorcerers and then it's yeah. like eh, but yeah. i'll wait for seven more years <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> i mean they also but, really went after it with wandavision too and that was such a huge hit i'm sure marvel's yeah. like gonna capitalize on using more magic now yeah yeah i think so too um did you guys read devil's reign number three yes i read that and uh the winter soldier tie-in i didn't write read the winter soldier tie-in so uh Love Bucky, let's talk so. about devil's reign first <laughs> and then the winter soldier tie-in yeah. Annie, are you reading Devil's Reign at all? No, I read Daredevil exclusively in trade. So Okay, that's right. I'm okay. 
I, I love how too. like <laughs> Manny has like such like like strict like things the way he like digests it. It's like no no X Men until Hickman is over. No Daredevil until the trades come out. I like it. Yeah. Whatever makes sense <laughs> to you, digest it in the way you want to. I just own all the Daredevil trades. Yeah, like or at least most of the stuff that is in print. So I'm yeah, like, I just want to continue that and not yeah, no overextend. That's fair. Yeah, I have a mix of it in trades and singles, so I'm I'm really excited if they do an Omni, because uh, it's 35 issues. They should be able to do an Omni, maybe an Omni plus a little extra with Devil's Reign. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> two thick paperbacks, maybe. You know what yeah, I'm two saying? maybe two hardcovers. Some I think they've already yeah. done hardcovers, but like, yeah, an Omni or something for that yeah. one, just so I can have all of it. They they used to not be able to do 12 issues in a paperback. Remember that those days? Yeah. It was like they they never and then it became a big thing. It was like 12 issues in a paperback. That's crazy. Uh yeah. and then now I don't know what the most you've seen in a paperback is. Uh I'm, I'm almost trying to look. 20. Uh the the Uncanny X-Force epic collections or the Marvel epic collections. Yeah, most of the epics are like almost 20 issues and then Yeah. I don't know. I, I almost count compendiums the same as omnibuses, but those could, you know, those are paperbacks and that's a, yeah. as much as an omni, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Devil's Reign number three, uh, Joel. You want to talk about that? Yeah. And, so and uh, Winter Soldier, you could bleed them yeah. together. If you want. Winter Soldier really takes place before Devil's Reign issue number three. Um, so basically, you know, they've now picked Luke Cage to run mm-hmm. for mayor of New York to unseat Wilson Fisk. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're kind of doing the positioning to get that into place. Um, you know, the heroes are all underground. They're on the run. Um, Sue and Reed are both imprisoned um, with, like, power dampeners and stuff. Um, yeah. Ben and Johnny rescued uh, Ben Riley's Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and, they're, and Daredevil is, like, full on, like, let's almost wants to kill Wilson, it seems like. Or he's, yeah. he's borderline. I mean, normally he's pretty borderline. So that's, like, yeah. Daredevil's thing. But he's like, I mean, straight up at one point, I think said like, let's just leave him on an island. Like, let's just get rid of him. Like, yeah. and just not deal with this anymore. Like, we're all criminals now. Like, the point of us, I know, I love that you say, you know, the point of us being vigilantes is we go where others cannot go. We do what, you know, needs to be done, um, which is very much Daredevil's attitude up to a point, right? Because Daredevil like won't kill. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, they're kind of playing back with like. Um, Kilgrave and with his kids and stuff um, and I think you know obviously that's going to be like a big part of this event in the next two issues is what happens with Kilgrave's children um, and being as they're the ones that kind of wiped everyone's memories of of Matt and everything so yeah. kind of wondering where that goes with that um, but yeah so they kind of built up that part of it as well so the heroes are you know and then we found out that the person who has been in the Iron Man suit isn't Tony it's actually the chameleon um so don't know how long he's been there but he's been there for long enough uh, <laughs> and then doc ock brought in all the superiors from across the multiverse or three of them at least yeah uh, wolverine ghost rider and hulk it's along meant to with... mimic the fantastic four run yeah where it was ghost rider hulk wolverine and spider-man as the fantastic four yeah, but so it's the superior four the superior four yeah or superior yeah right is that what... he was the superior spider-man so it's in the same thing where Otto is taking over the bodies of other heroes across in other yeah. universes and they're all teaming up and stuff that hulk is crazy with like arms coming out of his back <laughs> yeah but they're like gloopy arms right like yeah they're like not the... like normal arms or just like yeah like uh like guanto arms from total right. recall <laughs> and wolverine has like adamantium kind of 
arms. Iron spider legs, yeah. But what and I then, think is the coolest is Ghost Rider's design, where his arms yeah. are four chains that are coming out of his back. Yeah, that's pretty. They're pretty dope looking. Yeah. So that's interesting, kind of where that's heading off. I think I might read the Superior Four tie-in as well, um, and then the Winter Soldier tie-in pretty much takes place. I think even reference it in the um, Devil's Reign Three because Wilson has to stay in the city because his his mansion out in the country was infiltrated by Winter Soldier. Um, so Winter Soldier is going there. You know, he's it's all narrated from Bucky's point of view, which I always love getting Bucky's point. He's one of my favorite characters, Winter Soldier, yeah. uh, in Marvel. So he's you know breaking into Wilson's uh, mansion not because he wants information on any of their heroes or anything like that. He wants the information on him. He wants his file that Wilson has on the Winter Soldier, so he can get some answers as to what's happened to him over the last you know eighty plus years or whatever it is. Yep. So he's going through and Wilson um, has Kilgrave's finger in his cane and he like uses that to make himself fall asleep. Um, but I guess something that he says, it actually like sends him into this like crazy nightmare sleepwalking state, which with Kingpin is not a good thing. Yep. So he like kills all of his own guards while he's sleepwalking. Oh. Um, and like, Winter Soldier's like Bucky's going through the house and he's like seeing all these bodies and he's like pretty sure these aren't here like I'm pretty sure I'm hallucinating because I haven't slept in two weeks you know he's talking about how he hasn't been sleeping he's like I'm pretty sure none of these bodies are here I'm pretty sure I'm hallucinating all of this and like there's no guards uh and then he sees Wilson is like covered in blood and like his eyes are like sealed off and he's like it's like, Wilson, wake up. Like, what are you doing? Like, you killed all your guards. And then he tries to buy his file from him and he ends up fighting with Kingpin. Um, and then the mansion ends up collapsing and Bucky is able to like barely escape. Um, and then Kingpin like wakes up from it and he's like, I feel amazing. It was kind of weird. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, but then Bucky, it turns out that he like not only got his file from uh, Wilson's you know dossiers or whatever he got a bunch of other people's files too ah. and he like burned them all so for sure saw dark uh dark hawk and moon knight's names in there ah. you know potentially means if he did d through m maybe he got daredevils in there too and stuff so even if wilson is able to reverse the Kilgraves thing he's not going to be able to look at the dossier and see i don't yeah. know maybe that was kind of like a prediction i got from it um but basically you know wilson bought this file from someone on bucky and that's setting up those two Captain America stories we're getting later this year, um, it's setting up Bucky's half of it. Because I think we're going to oh, get two Captain America titles. Sentinel of Liberty? Is that what we're talking? Yeah, and it, this one, the Winter Soldier Devil's Reign picks up in Captain America Zero, which is, I think, where both of those titles begin as Captain America Zero, and then they branch off into their own things. Oh, okay. So, um, from what my understanding was, I saw someone else talking about it on TikTok, so. I'm wondering what the long, like the reason for Devil's Reign is, because it does seem very similar to Civil War. Um, yeah. But I'm sure, like, I trust Chip Sadarsky, you know, and he's his great. Writing. <laughs> uh, Brian in the comments says, How do you guys feel about Luke Cage running for mayor? Uh, he thinks it's really interesting uh, and it could set up an ex machina type book where he acts as mayor slash superior of New York City. I would love that that yeah. specific thing i want that ex machina but instead of michael hundred it's luke cage and the marvel universe is new york city absolutely yeah i would pay so much money for yeah that. and luke there, cage is getting a, a solo series or a three issue mini soon i think city on he? fire or something I, it kept getting i don't know if it got canceled outright but okay they were advertising it got pushed back a couple of times i they have it on pre-order so they can't yeah. tease luke cage as mayor 
and yeah. not deliver, right? Yeah, I don't like, feel like they can. This has to be the next step for Luke Cage. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Manny, what's another book that you read? Uh, let me look through my list. What else? Oh, the other thing was interesting. Uh, let's do, uh, what is it? Where's it? Where'd it go? Static, season one, number five. Okay, I wanted to read it, and I, I, I couldn't read it. Uh, uh, tell me about it. Uh, there has been a severe lack of hype for all of the milestone books that have come out. So few people have been talking about them. I feel like DC hasn't really been pushing it as much as I want them to. Uh, but this book has consistently been really, really good. And this issue sort of continues that. Uh, and here, uh, in the last issue, Static uh, was breaking into this facility that is uh, holding bang babies, which are, the, which are you know, super-powered Kids. Are they called bang babies in this? Yes. Is this the I first see. time they're called bang babies? Because I felt like they were shying away from that specific term for this whole new, this new uh, kind of run. I think they used it in the last issue. Okay. Because I, I know that in the last Icon and Rocket, they brought up the big bang, mm. but not the term bang babies because it just sounds weird. And now it sounds a little goofy, but yeah. sounds, well, and it sounds weirdly sexual. It's like a, a little bit, like, you know. And so, did they actually say "bang babies"? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but in this issue, uh, he has a fight with uh, Hot Streak to okay. get into the facility. He breaks into the facility, and it's all about him, uh, Darius. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, his his best friend with the blonde hair, whose name I cannot remember. Richie, Richie, who is now Yellow Gear. So we're getting there. A uh, yeah, Yellow Gear. Yeah, uh, because they they all have, they all are on comms and they all want yeah. to call each other by code names and they're all switching okay. code names and, and the first thing that he that he says like call me like Yellow Gear. Uh, I love that one. The, the 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 banter between Static and all of his friends in this book is so good and it feels yeah. so authentic. They all feel like friggin' dorks, which yeah. they are, and they feel like kids, which is uh, just like feels really good to to see kid banter that feels like teenage banter that feels real. Uh, yeah. I I love the the sort of the way that they're using bang babies as like a metaphor, but like a very obvious metaphor for the way that uh, minorities are treated. In America, specifically yeah. in these last couple issues where the cops came to his door and now he's having to break out a bunch of people from prison and things like that. that yeah. And they've been using that really effectively. And even in this issue, uh, Darius, who does not have powers, uh, sort of says, like, you know, we have to get out. Like, he sort of makes some crumbs with him and he's like, you don't know, like, what it's like to have these powers and to do this thing. And Darius is like, I'm a gay black man. Like, I experienced some shit. Um, yeah. And they're really... Uh, touching a lot of these themes directly, which I think is important and perfect because that's what Milestone was all about back then and that's what it continues to be all about, which I think is really great. Um, also, Nicholas Draper, Ivy, the artist in here, is really good and a lot of his art uh, takes uh, uh, manga influences yeah. very clearly, but I think that's so perfect for a book that's supposed to be for current teens because current teens are reading manga. They're not reading superhero comics. That is right. true. Right, yeah. or they, they want to change from what they had, re like, what adult, you know what I mean? Like, things change. Yeah. We can't just stick to the past. Um, yeah, and, and it feels like he's taking, and, 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 and that this art and this type of book feels so, like, 
perfectly, like more than any other t kids and teens book aimed properly aimed at teens because it doesn't talk down to them. It's yeah. not a silly story. It's not a fun yeah. story. Cause I feel like very often kids books are all like, even t even like teen books are all like silly and fun. This is not like a morose and terrible book, but it touches on super real themes. Uh, while it, it sort of takes those manga influences and makes static really fun and cool uh, and real. And that's what I'm all about. I really like this issue. And also at the end, they tease some villains specifically from the show uh, because a lot of the villains from the show did not show up in the comics and they tease okay. specifically the, show, the, the villains, the iconic villains from the show, which is really cool. Interesting. Um, I, I like static. I, I missed this issue. I'm, I'm up to... Four. I think I've read issue four. I was looking up on Amazon uh, when the hardcover or paperback comes out. Hardcover comes out June 7th, and it'll include issues one through six, which means we'll finish number six in February, hopefully, mm. and then still got to wait four more months for a hardcover. DC, uh, also, DC should not be releasing these in hardcover first. Like, real talk, you want to make these milestone books as accessible to people as possible. Because this right. is a, because the moment that these books don't start selling is the moment that they stop. That's why they did them in seasons and not as ongoings, right? Yeah. Because they can stop at any point and be fine. Uh, but to do that, to, to make these books successful, you got to make them as easy as possible for people to get. Nobody, no teenager, for example, is going to buy the static hardcover. Right. You know what it's going for on Amazon? 30 bucks ridiculous yeah. for six expensive get out of here that's yeah. awful and that is a disservice to what to the audience that this book that these books should be aiming at yeah right the because compendiums are it's going to be that's how they're doing them is in compendium or in uh, uh ultimate editions and they're they're not cheap so like even you know as a retailer like from that side i wasn't able to order a whole bunch of them because you know what i mean i'm gonna have a hard time moving them because they're they're not cheap, so it's making it yeah. more difficult, I think, kind of on every end to get more of them. So I that, pulled this from so random. Inferior. I pulled this from random from my bookshelf, and this came out what 15 years ago, maybe? But it was 10 bucks 15 years yeah. ago. So whatever inflation is, uh 10 bucks for however many issues. Probably like six uh, or seven. Yeah. So the point being is like you need it to be accessible. Uh 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Nine issues in this book for 10 bucks. Like six That's issues for 30 bucks is, yeah. is no, no bueno. I mean, at least like release the traditional $20 trade. You know what I'm saying? Because like $16.99 or like, you know, the, 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 the right now the, the trade median is like $15.99 to $16.99, depending right but usually those are for four or five issue trades so a six issue trade and joel you can yeah you can jump in if it's usually about how much they are unless it's mm. an image <laughs> they do yeah. 9.99 for at least one of them uh yeah, yeah. I, I feel like for the for these milestone books that putting them on a hardcover telling me that the, is telling me that they are appealing to the collector and not to the reader and that yeah. is that infuriates me to no end because again there's been a lack of hype for these books even though they're all really good and they're all fresh superhero books weirdly right. despite being about characters that, that have been, been around for a while <laughs> yeah that have been around at least 20 years right uh they all feel super fresh and like they're taking risks that not many other superhero comics are right now uh, i've got yeah. feelings but the static is good go read it from the beginning if you can track down the issues that's unfortunately going to be the cheaper way to pick it up also the fact that they don't include milestone zero in 
that hardcover is infuriating because that's really the first issue of this book. It's not issue one. Yeah, it says yeah. includes numbers one through six. It doesn't even include zero. That's, I hate that. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, in, in a lot of these publishers and the way to stay relevant in, in all of these industries that have been around for decades, right? But understanding that like industries have been around for decades still need to change. They, they always need to progress with the times. You need people who are younger that are of the people to be a part of these decision-making, like decisions that are being made, right? Um, what, what they're failing to realize is that, that, that they're modeling off of Gen X. That's the way I feel. But they don't realize that millennials have less time and less money. And Gen Z has even less time, even less money. Yeah. You know what I think it is? It's it's kind of an interesting thing with comic books because comic books in particular, like the medium of the storytelling and everything tends to be very on the cutting edge of the culture, right? Like comic books tend to be, you know, since they're kind of a base level form of communication, one of the oldest forms of communication, the stories that they tell and the way that they tell them tends to be very, you know, progressive and, and on the cutting edge of what the culture is experiencing, very close to the pulse. But the comic book industry itself is very much a late mover industry, very much late adoption to technology. I mean, how many comic book shops do you know of that don't have websites? You know what I mean? It's very common that they don't have websites, that they don't ship. You know, that's I see that all the time with other comic shops, that they don't have any kind of online presence. They don't make it easy for when people get to their website to know what they're doing. You know, there's comic shops here in my local area that you have to have like, you have to fill an Excel spreadsheet to get a pull list set up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like nobody has a time for that. So it's a very interesting thing with, you know, just kind of like as an observation from like someone who works as a comic book retailer is as a, as a, a medium for storytelling tend to be the first ones to tell a story in a modern and contemporary way, technologically and advancements in the industry wise, very much at the, you know, late adoption, slow movers, you know, at that far end yeah. of the bell curve. Um, yeah. Which is just, I don't understand it. You would think that a lot of young people really, you know, the target audience is like 16 to 35. Like we love our technology and stuff. Like, why aren't we embracing many of these things to make it easier for people to get comics and, right. you know, stuff like that. So I, I don't understand that aspect of the business. And it's something that confuses me all the time. And it, it's, be, it's because comic companies and comic and a lot of comic retailers are afraid to appeal to the, the, the new comic book reader or the younger comic book reader because comic shops forever have thought, and the comic book industry in general, I think, have thought that the only people who are actually reading are, you know, the, the, the 40 or 50 year olds who have been reading forever. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. They're, they 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 are so afraid to change anything because they are, they're afraid that they're going to lose that audience in some way. And right. I'm like, those guys, because it's all white dudes, are yeah, are going to be reading comics no matter what. They're going to yeah. talk a lot of shit about you on the internet, <laughs> but they're still going to buy their fucking seven issues of Batman every month. Yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Like it, you can you can start to change. And again, they're gonna be all pissy, but they're still gonna go to the comic store and come out with a huge stack. I know because I've worked comic shop retail for six years, and every time it would be the same dudes who'd be complaining the loudest would have the biggest pull lists. Yep. So, like, I believe that now is the time, especially because comics are 
in the zeitgeist and in the popular culture more than they have ever been. Yeah. I think in the history of ever outside of maybe like, you know, World War II, right? Uh, right. We, like, now is the time to start moving and changing things, right? And to be yeah. more active in wanting to appeal to different audiences, and both in, like, the content, but also specifically, like we're talking now, in the way that we do comics, in the way that yeah. we publish, in the way that we print, and in the way that we distribute comics. Right. Um, two, two things that I wanted to point out is uh, shout out to Marvel for their Infinity comics that you can read on the phone and they scroll up and down. Mm-hmm. which is yeah. a a crazy innovation like they're taking the chance on that so shout out to marvel for doing that um but i think it's really any industry in general that refuses to change industries that have, any industry that's been around for decades feels like it's the tried and true like it'll it's the way uh just quoting you know tony stark it's like it's the way my granddaddy did it the way my dad did it and you know uh uh you know it's the way i do it so it's like just because it worked 50 years ago doesn't mean it's going to work now and so comic book industry is 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 that in that respect but also other industries are that in that respect where it's like if but you refuse to to change you die blockbuster died bookstores dying but at least barnes and noble realizes they could put a starbucks put a cafe in there and see if things change instead of being like, no, we're a bookstore. We're not going to do that. Netflix beat out Blockbuster because, you know, they chose to innovate. And so hopefully that these comic book places choose to do that and realize part of that is price point, right? Yeah. And especially too, like, you know, if you look at like the comic sales numbers on like Comic Cron, um, trades graphic novels hardcovers omnibuses that's the highest selling one and unfortunately that means that's the one they're going to mess with the price the most right the lowest selling one is digital comics but i think that's mainly because there's a delay for whatever reason i know like marvel unlimited theirs and they're usually like two months behind on releasing of digital comic books which is very weird to me i don't know understand it has to be on purpose it has it to, has be, to be they're like trying to limit that and i think a lot of people within the comic book industry and even comic book collectors and everything like that when you start talking about digital comic books nfts the future of art in the digital space and everything like that they very much see it as a digital or physical when it's really it's digital and physical right like mm. it's not going to go anywhere like it's a it might change yeah. it's not going to look exactly like it does today yeah. you know what i mean i was talking to a buddy of mine about this he works at a retailer and everything you know maybe we'll get more since you know hardcovers and trades and stuff are kind of becoming the more purchasable and more accessible medium maybe it'll get more nuanced like actual book collecting where it's first edition second edition things like that mm. um but it's not going to go anywhere like we've been printing comic books for a very long time so you know, there has to be changes and adaptations to how the industry is is ran, how things are managed. Um, and it's going to happen one way or the other. Either it happens quickly and they maintain with growth and they're able to compete with, you know, manga, especially like let's, you know, that's the one that's going to eventually that's like the biggest competition or they're yeah. going to fall behind and 
you know, people are going to move on to uh, uh, different mediums and comics are going to go back to how they were, uh, you know, in the mid nineties after the collapse. Right. You know, so right. It's kind of, hopefully you know, not. their move. Hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully not. We're, we're here. We're here to talk about comics and our love of comics, not just because we want to, because yes, of course we're going to anyway, but also like to inspire other people out there to read these comics, uh, yeah. to, to, to show people easy ways to do that. Uh, to give recommendations and whatnot. That's kind of what Comic Talk's about, like fostering that community. Um, so I want to thank you guys both for being on the show uh, today and talking about comics. I know there, there's a bunch of comics that came out and uh, that we didn't get to touch on, but at the same time, um, definitely hit these two creators, Manny and Joel, up on, on their respective social medias and ask them their recommendations. I know that we have people out in the, in the audience that wants to know um a little bit more about us so as we close up this episode uh joel tell me your social media where we can find you any plugs that you have anything that you want to say yeah um so yeah i go by the gi joel on all my platforms um exactly how it sounds just gi joe with an l uh you know you can find me on youtube i post a couple of times a week on there uh i interview they're starting to do interviews with creators and other people within the uh, industry and the publishing space and stuff like that. Um, really big on TikTok. I post a lot on there as well. And Instagram, those are my, my playing platforms. Also on, on Twitter, but I don't really tweet all that often. Yeah. So, and uh, you're but the yeah, GI Joel one on Twitter. I'm the GI Joel one on Twitter and everywhere else. I'm just the GI Joel. But if you find one of my pages, you can find all of them. Um, yeah. My whole thing is I quit my job to pursue doing this full time, you know, talking about comics, selling comics, trying to open up a comic book shop here in my, my local area. Um, so I, you know, try to bring insight from both the industry perspective and as a lifelong fan and collector. So um, yeah, if you want to learn more about comics and more about different things like that, be sure to check me out. You do great work, uh, uh, and I'm thankful to not only be connected with you, but have you on the show. So thanks for- I appreciate it. Thanks I'm for always glad in. to come in and do it. <laughs> I'm always glad to have you. So thank you so much for that. Manny, what's your social media? Where can we find you? What do you got coming up? First of all, everybody seriously go follow Joel. He's great. All of his <laughs> content you, is great. And his interviews are actually really, really interesting. Uh, you can find me at Manny's Picks on TikTok, which is my main platform, Manny's.Picks on instagram which i had to start doing a lot more on but it will happen uh do pages also, of the day or pages of the week or panels or whatever that that's what i'm trying to start doing i don't know i, I feel like there's like I, I i i buy comics every week i could do like a haul on there i could do so i'll, I'll get there for sure <laughs> yeah. uh but i'm also also recently i've been doing stuff with idw on their instagram and tiktok so you can find some videos by me on TikTok and on Instagram at IDW Publishing. Uh, they send me some books every month and I do some stuff. Uh, not paid, but it's there. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I talk, I talk comic recommendations, comic history, the comic industry a little bit, uh, and all that stuff on my TikTok. So go check that out. Yeah. Uh, what do you got coming up? Manny is the man. Yeah. Recently, I've been doing, I wanted, I've been focusing on a series focusing, uh, or highlighting different comic shops in my area, New York City. Uh, the first one of the comic shop that I go to every week, Forbidden Planet, went up this week, or last week. Uh, the next one, focusing on a little hidden gem in Brooklyn called Vinyl Fantasy, should be up sometime within the next couple of days. And that'll be every week on my TikTok. So if you're visiting New York, if you live in New York, in any borough, 
keep a lookout on there because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be traveling to the different boroughs and trying to find the little nooks and crannies of comic shops in there because there are a ton here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I am glad that the comic book community has people like you guys out there, like uh, reading, doing the work, uh, uh, giving your recs, you know, and just being all around good people because uh, that isn't everybody. So thank you guys so much for, for being awesome people and coming on the show. Those are two different things. You're not awesome because you're on the show. You're awesome. And even if you denied me to be on this show, you'd still be awesome. Uh, and you're also, you know, on this show. And you guys do great, great work. So thank you guys thank so you much for that. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Um, for anyone out there who's wondering, like, uh, what's going on here? This was Comic Talk, where we talk about this week's issues, uh, this week's comic book releases. Uh, and uh, it's brought to you by The Key. You can follow The Key on social media at The Key Show on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Twitter at The Key Show. If you are listening to this and seeing our faces, you are watching the live stream. Now, nowadays, we live stream to volume.com at volume.com slash the Keeg show. We're also on twitch.tv slash the Keeg show. And then every so often we'll probably uh, we'll do YouTube and Facebook as well. But right now we're just getting back in the paces of things and streaming to two different platforms. But you can also listen to our podcast, both this show and all our other shows uh, on wherever you get your podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We're there. We uh, just uploaded episode five of the Boba Fett after show. So we've been doing that. So there's five episodes out there. If you're watching Boba Fett and you want to hear other people's opinions about it, watch the episode, then stay tuned for the after show or, you know, watch the podcast. And so uh, we got a lot coming out for the Keeg. Keeg back starts back up on in February. We're talking the first five episodes of Peacemaker this Saturday. So we got a lot coming out, but definitely follow us on Instagram at the Keeg show. Um, and TikTok at The Keeg Show. We also have a Patreon. If you want to contribute to the show, The Keeg now has a Patreon. Help us create a bigger, better 2022 at patreon.com slash The Keeg Show. Yeah, so we're doing a lot of stuff. It's a mouthful. I want to thank everybody for watching. I want to thank everybody for being on the show. And uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much for being on the show, for watching. Once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been another episode of Comic Talk. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Super strong or super f-